Breaking the cycle to step forward. Authentic conversations from lived experience and a professional perspective in overcoming abuse with Chris Tuck and Beverly Ann. Hello everybody and welcome to Breaking the Cycle to Step Forward with myself Beverly Ann and I'm also joined by Chris Tuck. Hi everyone. Hello and we're calling this actually a special edition today because for anybody who's aware the ICSA report has been recently released. This is being recorded in October 2022 and Chris, you've been very much involved in the ICSA report. So today we're going to do it a little bit different. I'm going to ask questions and Chris, you're going to be sharing some information with um, other people. Now, before we start going into what we're going to be talking about, could you just explain, Chris, about what ICSA actually means? Yep, so ICSA, I-I-C-S-A, is the Independent Inquiry into Child Sexual Abuse, and it was established in 2015 as a result of many victim and survivors campaigning over years, even decades, about institutional failures, you know, abuse happening, sexual abuse happening within institutions um, and nothing being done about it and also for those let down by institutions and nothing being addressed. So it was um, commissioned by Theresa May, the then Home Sec, uh, later our MP. Um, she commissioned the inquiry, which started in 2015. And as you said, its final concluding report was released on 20th of October 22. Yeah, so thank you. Now you're involved in this project. And you were under the, um, you were VSOP. So rather than have the acronym on its own, could you explain what VSOP is, Chris? VSCP. Oh, sorry, VSCP. That's all right. <laughs> Can't read my writing. <laughs> uh, but this is the thing, isn't it? Acronyms. It's like when you deal with governments, they have acronym after acronym after acronym. And you're like, what? It's a whole <laughs> language by itself. Anyway, the VSCP is victim and survivors consultative panel. Yeah, so I understand why there is a VSCP because actually saying that was quite tricky. So thank you, Chris. So for anyone listening, we want you to be aware of self-care. This is a report that is absolutely necessary, but it will also be hard to hear. And we know that from personal experience and we'll come on to that part anyway. We're gonna start with the report. So with the report, there's um, some institutions were included and some were excluded. Is there any particular reason around that, Chris? So, you know, we know that the inquiry went on for seven years. Yeah, it could do another seven years, 14, 21 years if it was to look into every single named institution. So, for example, when they looked at schools, as a sector, they picked a couple. Okay. If they were to do all schools in England and Wales, it, it's just not feasible. It's not viable. Yeah. Yeah. So what they wanted to do was look at different institutions, pick examples, and then see through their investigations what themes came out of 
that sector, that sector, that sector. And it doesn't matter what school, what church, what religion, what outside um, school club that they looked into, the same themes, the same issues, the same challenges came up time and time again. And that is what the report is really about. It's about looking at how institutions failed children and that's state and non-state institutions, okay? So when someone, a victim and survivor that's been abused in a particular institution or by an institution or let down by an institution said, well, you didn't look at us. Why not? Are we not worthy? Yes, you are worthy. Of course you are. But there's only so much that you can investigate when you're when you're coming up with the same conclusions, the same yes. themes. Does that make sense? It does. And I think that really clarifies it as well. So basically it was taking a sector across, knowing that we couldn't go to everyone, but that will it was a conducive overall picture for all institutions and within a time frame we had to be aware of that yeah I mean we all know like it cost 186 million this inquiry it's a lot of money yeah and if anyone says oh you know we wasted money we spent too much. no we didn't no. any child that saved from implementing the recommendations is money well spent okay but if you think about all of victim survivors who want their particular institution investigated you could triple treble oh. that cost and it had to be it had to be contained it had to be just what are we hearing what are we seeing where is where are the patterns where are the repeats and, and honestly, whatever they looked at, they came across the same failures time yes. and time again. Yeah. And you only need to hear that so many times before you actually go, yeah, if we actually then, that's the issue, there's the solution. And if that solution is put in place, that will change that for all institutions. So yes. that's where the thinking and the reality lays, actually. And it's trying to keep it cohesive and inclusive as much as possible. Absolutely, and I know there's gonna be some people that are gonna be completely upset, feel completely let down, but we've got our own um, like things, like me going through the criminal justice system and not getting um, justice. Yes. I'm let down by that, but I can't take it out on you, Beverly, for example, because no. it ain't your fault, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, there is let down, there is upset, but we're trying to do the best we can do for the majority and then we can start working on all of the other stuff that needs to be worked on as well but you have to go with what you're actually seeing and hearing now there was something that was interesting as well that came up as well um because these are different questions that we've got here that have been put forward why did it exclude abuse within the family because i did actually notice some of that and, and I know that from my own experience, um, I was actually abused within the family, but the institutions that let me down were the school and the care home and the social services, et cetera. Exactly. So, so let me fill you in. When we were working on the terms of reference, 
a group of victim survivors, along with um, the government, along with um, oh, the people that worked within the inquiry, when they were coming up with the terms of reference, um, they were trying to make it as wide as possible. Um, they were going to put um, a restriction on the year, so they were going to try and put a restriction on uh, anything after 1970, for example, and we went, no, that you can't do that. It needs to be like before that. And the reason why they wanted to put a year um, uh, to investigate after 1970s was because the local councils changed the responsibility for looking after children changed hands from something to something else and then it wouldn't not have been able to look at local councils and how they looked after children yeah. so we said no, no you can't have that we need to include everything so that we capture um the let down by um the failures by all of that um to go back to what you were saying about the family home because my argument always was the family home is the biggest institution going absolutely yeah because everybody comes from a family home to begin with yeah and the next However, institution is school yeah exactly but what was happening just before Theresa may commissioned this one an inquiry into intrafamilial abuse was just finishing okay so the children children's commissioner and it was um published in november 2015 and it was um, abuse within the intrafamilial setting, so within the family home. Now, I was part of a focus groups to feed into that, um, into that inquiry. Um, and we thought that when the report came out, it'd be hard hitting, it would change the face of child protection um, for children that were abused within the family home, but it was weak and washy. The only thing for me that came out of that inquiry was the fact that the children's commissioner turned around and said that only one out of eight children are known to the authorities who have been abused. So it shows the prevalence of children being abused within the family home. But because that inquiry had just finished or was wrapping up finishing, you couldn't include it in this inquiry. Yes, because it already it already it was already in progress. It was already happening. But yes. we just thought that once that one finished and it, and it would come out with its hard hitting recommendations, then maybe that would feed into the one that was being set up about institutional abuse. So the way that we got when I say we I'm talking about the inquiry and everybody as a involved. Whole. Yeah, as a whole, the way that we got around that was abuse within institutions and let down by institutions because that then allowed people like you and me that were abused within the family home reported it or or the institution should have picked up on it yes because that's we where were, we're different yeah, there we were fouled in that yes. respect so i hear what you're saying about well what, what about everybody that was abused within the family home it wasn't included it's because there was already an inquiry into that um, and you can't repeat it because this is public money we're spending. Um, but we did the let down by abuse within and let down by. And yes. then that's caught not not everybody, but it caught a lot more people 
in the net where, so to speak, so to speak, where they could come forwards and share what had gone on for them. Absolutely. And we'll come on to that a bit further on as well. Yeah. So before the inquiry was announced, what was your invo- involvement? Um, yeah, this is really, um, I have to think about those days because they were a long, <laughs> long time ago. Um, so I had written my book in 2012. It got published in 2013, I self-published, and that's when I went almost um, live to the world, so to speak. That's when I found my voice, and that's when I thought, no, this is massive impact. Um, I want to raise awareness. There isn't enough support, out, especially support for victim survivors, so I'm going to do something about it. So I started reaching out to different charities. Um, NAPAC was one, the Survivors Trust was another, and I just like... I've just written my book. I've just, uh, this is what I'd like to get involved. Can I volunteer? Can I get involved um, with what you're doing, with the work you're doing? So I met up with a few people. I'm not going to name them because I just, it, it won't serve any purpose. Um, met up with a few people and um, started to hear that there was talk about these institutional failures children being abused within institutions, children being let down. And I'm like, wow, this, this is my vibe. These are my people. This is my, you know, this is my, literally my tribe. This is what I want to do. Um, so I got involved with a group of people to lobby um, government to take up the baton, so to speak. Because once you've been doing this for a little while, you get fatigued. So the victim and survivors that have been fighting and fighting and fighting for years and decades beforehand, and they got it so far, you could see the fatigue and the tiredness and the just the, the impact on their health. Mm. And it's almost like, not, not me, I'm not saying me, but fresh blood coming in, taking up the baton and moving on. And it's yeah. going to come a time when the same is going to happen to me pass the button over to someone else because you've had enough you've literally can't do anymore yeah yeah um so it's like based on all of those fabulous victim survivors that came before us and some still with us working with us um building upon that and lobbying government and then all of a sudden Theresa May was like well there were some focus groups with Theresa May which I was part of and the home office the civil servants and we had um, a couple of meetings and I actually gave Theresa May a copy of my book. Yeah. Oh my God, I was so scared. I thought I was going to be jumped on by police, <laughs> by, by security, because I thought they're not going to, even though I'm in a room with her, they're not going to let me anywhere near her. And if I go near her, they're going to jump me, aren't they? I was so scared. But my gut instinct was she ain't quite getting it. Yes. And then I just went like, Please, could you read my book? I really I hope you signed it. <laughs> I can't remember. But anyway, and then we had a round table, and this was really interesting because I said to everybody on the table, there's no point in us getting angry because that's not going to solve anything, even though we are angry and we've got every right to be angry. I said, what we should do is not even say our names, not say where we're from, because there was a lot of people from different organisations in the room. Let's say me, for example, my name's Chris, I'm nine years old, 
and I was sexually abused by blah, blah, blah. So everybody around the table did exactly the same as that. They weren't expecting that. No, that's powerful. Oh my God, because all they saw was adults. Mm. And yet we went around the room and there was obviously male, female um, people there. And they were sort of like, I'm this age and I was by or, you know, whatever the situation was. And it was so powerful. You could have heard a pin drop. Mm. So after that, I thought I'm going to drive it home and I gave her my book. And then the following meeting that we had, um, she came up to me because I was really interested whether she would read it or whether she'd be one of those that just go, you know what, like that. And she, she before she started the meeting, she went, Chris, I read your book. Thank you. It's opened my eyes. So that is my little claim to fame. If nothing yeah. else, I'm really proud of that moment. And, 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 all, and all credit to Theresa May as well for acknowledging mm -hmm. that. Yeah. All credit for you for writing the book and passing it on to her. But credit to her for, for acknowledging it. Regardless of our political views, yeah. she's take, she's, um, she took the time to read yeah. it. Yeah. But can I just say before we move on, if those victim and survivors before us hadn't fought so hard and got us to that place, that would never have happened. So I yeah. want to thank them for allowing me to be in that place at that time and for me to do my little bit. Yeah. And but then everybody, up. yeah. And then everybody so, else now is doing their bit, you know. But that backs up something that we always say. So individually, we all have voices, but yes. together we get heard God, more. So powerful, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, each and every story is unique. Each and yeah. every story is important, regardless of how long ago. Yeah. Absolutely. But the coming together makes a huge, makes a yeah. huge difference. So, what was it like for you then once you became part of the VSCP? Okay, so sorry, let me just backtrack a little bit. Um, there was an open process for recruiting a victim and survivors panel, okay? And what happened, part of the um, oh, job description, person spec, all of that malarkey and um, recruitment process was you had to have a mandate. Um, so you needed people to support your application. Okay. Um, uh, so if you was working for an organization that was working for survivors, you had a mandate because you, you, you were working with survivors already. Mm. So if you was working for an organization, you could apply. Um, I was on social media and I didn't have a charity then. I was applying for charity status to work with survivors, but I had lots of victim and survivor friends. And when I said I wanted to apply for the VSCP um, and I'd been speaking out about it all on social media and everything, mm. I got people to back me. Some people came forward and said, I'll back you, I'll back you. So that's when I applied. I had an interview with the, pan the then panel um, and yeah, and then got told I've been successful. So, and again, there are some victim survivors out there that will disagree with my perspective and my experience of that time. Um, but all I can say is hand on heart, there was an open recruitment process I went through that process. I never knew I was going to get the job. I'm just thankful I did get the job. And all I'm going to say to you is well done, because I know what I'm like sometimes when I look at things like that. I'll come to something that, oh, that's not me. Um, I haven't got that. And I, as I'm, you know, getting older, then I do sort of inquire further. And only last week there was something that I saw 
an application that I wanted to do for study. And I went right through, and right at the end, they said, no, sorry, you can't do it. Da, 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 da. But I was proud because I'd actually got that far. Okay. So yeah. that's fine. Whereas at one time, I would have done a runner. I would have gone, yeah. No. Whereas, so I have to say all credit to you, Chris, for following that up, following that up and following it through. I, I just think right place, right time, right people that I knew, um, whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. So what was it actually like then being part of the panel? Because it's not always plain sailing. And, and this is a conversation that we've had and we will incorporate into this a little bit later as well. It hasn't been easy. And I, I do need to... Um, be careful with what I say, um, because I did sign an official Secrets Act. Um, it was hard being the conduit between the inquiry and victim and survivors that way. And sometimes it was hard being the conduit that way. We're often caught in the middle um, with a lot of things. Um, and all of the, you know, because we had to build this inquiry up from scratch. It literally think of a house with no foundations you just literally got a blank piece of land it all had to be put together and then up and running to deliver yeah it was a big big sorry you can hear my dog in the background a big massive task to get it up and running and to also be professional because civil servants that's the world they live in but then have the survivor emotions which we've obviously got because we're all survivors but we also work for organizations and it was often really difficult to juggle the two because you'd often turn up for a meeting all fired up to have an argument about something you know and then you're like calm down and try and get your point across in an in a good way and then then maybe not understanding and then it just fires it all up again so there was a lot of fiery moments, um, but the learning together, the involving, the growing, and the fact that we could proudly say by the end of it, that not only had we educated the staff, we'd educated ourselves, and we'd helped get victim and survivors' voices heard, which is the whole point. Yeah. And, it's and not been easy, and I'm no. not gonna lie. No, and, and it's not easy. And we need to acknowledge that because we're talking about, you know, child sexual abuse. Yeah. Wherever you stand and however you are looking at it coming in, whether you are a survivor or whether you're somebody who's trying to offer support or, uh, you know, um, go further into an inquiry from a professional point of view, from a personal point of view, it is a challenging and heinous subject. And this is half the battle we've got with um, just getting some of society to open up to the conversation, to get some institutions to open up to the conversation, because they can't do professionalism, calm, quiet and emotion. Yeah, they just they can't like reconcile the two. But this is what we've had to do because it is an emotive subject um but you have to deal with it calmly otherwise you turn people off from dealing with it could you, do oh, you understand what I'm saying? absolutely so 
we're both members of the Institute of Recovery of Childhood Trauma. And I remember being in one of the forums. And at that time, our patron was, um, oh, what's his name? It's just gone blank. Anyway, we had a learned speaker who was really interesting from a university talking about attachment and what the importance of it. And, and I afterwards stood up, thanked him for his speech and he was quite right. But we don't live in the world of Disney mm-hmm. and we weren't there. The, the parents need to support themselves separately. But for the children, we were there for the children. And I spoke up for the children and said about recommendations for the future, only to be shut down by his response to say, this is not the place for an emotive response. This is about that. And I hadn't been emotive. I'd been passionate. But like yeah. you say, I was finding the words to address to everybody. But I actually got um, everybody was clapping at how I'd said it. And I think that's the response that made him uncomfortable. So he was quite derogatory, actually, in what he said and how he said it for then our patron to step up and he was emotional and he said you cannot put this in one place and I think you said that so eloquently and it really helps people to understand because we haven't even touched on the report yet but this is important for people to hear before we go into the report and you know sorry if you haven't gone through abuse or you don't know anyone that's gone through abuse, so like say like my child had gone through abuse and I wasn't impacted in any way, why would you understand or why would you even want to go there? Because it's not nice to talk about. It's not nice to know about. But unfortunately, as the report says, one in six girls, one in 20 boys are sexually abused. We have to go there. Absolutely. Yeah? So you can't keep burying your heads in the sand it is just not possible anymore it's no. not possible that means in a classroom an average classroom of 30 to 32 children at least you know three at least three at least. Yeah. are being sexually abused abused yeah and um up to uh five up to five yeah in yeah. every single classroom classroom in, yeah England and, and Wales Scotland Ireland some across that, the world yeah something else that came out um in the report as well and um for me that really highlighted it I know how old I was but the majority of the report is a sexual abuse started between the ages of seven up to 16. Now there was it started earlier with me and but it was they were the two biggest age ranges one was um 7 to 11 and then 12 to 16 and that was the biggest majority and I need to put this over personally because I feel that that's important for anyone listening to acknowledge but I also want to say Bev that um babies and toddlers oh are sexually abused absolutely every day as well but I do I do obviously back yeah. what you're saying yeah. absolutely I mean I would I was four I know babies and toddlers yeah. are and that's even well it's not yes, even worth discussing it, yeah um but what I'm saying is the huge 
a huge amount. And that comes to me because when people, I hear it all the time, when we talk about sex education and they're saying, but I don't want my child, child to be sexualized. I really have to sit still then and sort of go, well, actually, how about we find child appropriate ways of saying that they have a choice of yes or no? Because sadly, there are a lot of, not yes or no, but they'll know to have that voice to go to an adult, an appropriate adult and say something. And I say that yes or no, as in, no, don't touch me. Or yes, I want to be picked up. Do you see what I mean? That's yeah. very different to sexual abuse sometimes and it can feel, but by enabling our children to have a voice and encourage them to speak out enables our children to be protected more. Yeah. If you see me huffing and puffing or doing this, it's because my body is physically responding to everything that we're talking about. So if it's off-putting to the people that are watching, I'm really sorry, but I can't stop this at the moment. No. And thank you, Chris. And that's important for people to hear that. So why is the report important? And I know that's going to sound a bit, that this is part of the questions we put together and what it recommends is important. So even if you don't agree with what's in the report in its entirety or, or none of it, you can't, there's not one person that can brush this report away because the whole first section is about the victim and survivor's voice. It's there in black and white. And that is just the tip of the iceberg, as we know. That testimony came from public investigations. It came from people like me and you speaking through the Truth Project. It came from the research projects, yeah? You, th there's nothing in this report that you can argue with. And all of the recommendations and conclusions in the second part of the, of the volume, the report, is based upon the solid evidence, testimony given in the first part. So that is why it's important. It ain't something that can be brushed under the carpet anymore. The genie's out of the bottle. <laughs> there's no putting anything back. There's no denying this sexual abuse pandemic that we've got. There's no denying it. There's no denying the impact. There's no in denying the cost, the economic cost, the emotional, the physical, all of that. There's no denying any of it anymore. It's in black and white. You can't poo-poo it. It's not this mythical thing over there. It's not this mythical thing that happened 30 years ago and it doesn't happen today, you know? It's none of that. It's there. So that's why it's important. But it is only a starting point. It's a it's a, a point, it's an historical point in time when it was published that we can all use it, whatever area we work in, we can all use it to either lobby government or improve practices, policies, policies, procedures, um, legislation, awareness. Can, this is why it's important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
one of the things I'd also like to point out as well that is in the report is often we think of abuse or not we ourselves but some people as it happening in different countries and not here this is a report that is independent in the UK so it's England and Wales Wales yeah okay but there are other independent inquiries happening worldwide in different countries so I just want to make to clarify that point yeah it's a pandemic it's worldwide um and there's inquiries that went on in um the channel isles in the welsh care homes for example in scotland in ireland they've all got their own inquiries going on australia Australia, one finished as we started It, it, it it's just so prevalent that i don't understand the apathy Oh. society I just don't I don't get it Bev I don't no. understand it no now we're doing this in two parts because mm-hmm. we're very mindful of the time and um we need that space and time to commit to it but we were just yep. laying the foundations today for anybody that's interested to know more about this we will be putting the links in anyway to underneath whether you're watching this as a video or whether you're listening to this as an audio so you have all that information to access it but we've only got a couple of minutes before we finish this part and then we will have a second part of this so it's broken down okay is there anything well one of the questions I want to ask you before we finish off is do you think it went far enough I started off by saying it was such a wide terms of reference. It had such a wide remit that I don't know what else we could have done in the time frame because we just could have gone on. Like I said, we could have gone on for years and we could have gone on with the cost and we it, it could have just gone on and on and on. There has to be a time when you go, right, no, that's enough. We've seen enough. We've heard enough. And this is what we found. These are recommendations and conclusions we've come to. This is what needs to happen. We need to implement all of that. And then we can then see where the gaps are, where um, it's not quite worked, what needs to be reviewed and what then needs to happen after that. So, yeah, I could have quite happily gone on myself and looked at not myself, but, you know, my opinion about inquiry looked at disability, for example, child sexual abuse and disability, Um, looked at the family courts, yeah? Yes. There's so many other different areas that I personally would have liked the inquiry to go, but it had a remit, it had a time frame, and it had seen everything that it needed to see at this point in time. And that's it. Yeah. So... Your question, no. My answer to your question is, yes. no, I don't think it went as far as it could have, but it did deliver on its terms of reference um, at a great cost. But as I said, a cost that is justified and if it needs to be spent over again, so be it. Yes. Okay. Oh, and also what I wanted to, because this was adults coming forward to share their experiences, in order to better protect children today and tomorrow, because we couldn't interview children. 
you just can't no. do that it's not ethically right and everybody would have been up in arms and it, it's just not the right thing to do so victim and survivors adults like us that came forward who had a choice whether to take part or not no one made me did anyone make you no no we decided to come forwards and share and so did everybody else we all had a choice um so that children could be better protected from child sexual abuse today tomorrow going onward um so it's sad that the report did not offer anything for adults in terms of they shared their hearts their souls but the terms of reference for the inquiry better to protect children mm. and that's a hard pill to swallow if you are currently an adult survivor who needs help and gave their heart and soul yeah and I think that's where we're very passionate about that as well. So we are passionate about the future, but we're passionate about people of today. And that's why we do what we do in the in the forms that we can. I'd like to say thank you so much for explaining all of that. And in our part two that we're going to be doing of this, we'll go a little bit more into it about how it is when you go forward and different little sections of the report. Okay, Chris, thank you so much. It's goodbye from me, Beverly Ann. Um, bye from me, Chris Tuck, for the moment, guys. Take care of yourselves, please. Okay, thank you very much.